0: And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. Look, you know you're going to watch the Bearcats on Sunday. You know you're going to watch the Bengals on Sunday. So why not just go to the Holy Grail? If you're not going to the Bearcats game, if you are going to the game, go to the Holy Grail afterwards. Why not just go down to the Grail, watch the Bearcats, take care of Memphis, and then watch the Bengals advance to their second consecutive AFC championship game right after. It sounds like a heck of a plan to me. So Support our good friends at the Holy Grail. Get down there Sunday, make a day of it, hang out, get you some food, have some nice frosty cold beverages, and enjoy what should hopefully be a good Sunday for the Bearcats.
1: Hi Dave. Good evening. How are you? You know what? I'm I'm alright. <laughs> That's good to hear. I'm okay. I'm uh I'm heading to Phoenix, Arizona tomorrow. Wow. For the weekend for work. So oh. not not really wow. Uh, yeah. So but you know. We're... hi pickle i guess there's worse places to do work from but it doesn't even seem like it's that warm there right now so
0: it's got to be warmer than here i would assume it's like in the 60s well it's going to be in the 20s tomorrow so Sorry. You're, you're catching it at the right time as you know the past couple of days have been really nice i guess you're heading to phoenix <laughs> as we get a, a cold snap
1: yes. pickle are you
0: gonna are you gonna miss your dad of course, huh? The uh, the third the third member of this podcast. That's right. As always, getting her uh, getting her shine. I, I like that she has picked up now. That like, look, the show starts when when he sits down and he gets ready to go. The show's about to start, and I need to be in place.
1: Yeah, she uh, she likes to be up here while I'm working or while we're doing this. So. It's good to
0: have her. It's good to have you, Pickle. It's Not good to too have All right. Well, let's get into uh let's get into some Bearcats discussion, Dave. Uh, I suppose. No better place to start than uh with the basketball team. That's right. Uh I, I will say you are much more engaged with basketball this season, Dave.
1: They're on most nights, they're actually interesting to watch.
0: They uh, look. How long has it been since we've seen a team be able to play offense like that in the first half? I, I mean, we yeah. talked about it last night, Dave, but look, they scored four points in the first five minutes.
1: Yeah. And outside they scored 43
0: of, points in 15 minutes.
1: Outside of the first couple minutes of the game, I would say, you know, I'm not really, you know, you could say like opponent adjusted or whatever, but like I'm just looking at this from a UC standpoint of progression and building on things that we've discussed, like those things don't have a ton to do with, like you can play a really good defensive team and still move the ball and, and have good spacing and be active. And maybe you don't win or your shots don't fall because you're playing a really good defensive team. But I would, I mean, you can tell me I'm wrong. I think that's the best extended, you know, extended look at what, we kind of hope this team can be uh, that we've seen all year.
0: There have been other stretches. Um, I mean, you had what in the first like eight games, they had nine halves where they scored 49 or more points. Uh, But I thought that was almost just almost flawless. Like the, the, the tempo was good. The, the spacing was good. The ball movement was outstanding. I, I, I said this on Mo today. I can't remember the last time there was a zero turnover, eleven assist, or a half or anything like it. Yeah.
1: I mean that that's what I mean. Like we've had halves where they've scored well because they've shot well or or whatever, but like just the the aesthetics of it and like I mentioned that you know you're making a bunch of shots and that's great, but I was more pleased to just see the activity level, especially in the first half, it felt like every 50-50 ball they were getting, yeah. like, su- just super aggressive, um, super active. You had the stage in the second half where they got up 26, and I think at that point they kind of were like, okay, we're done playing defense, let's just play offense.
0: Uh, well, and they and, also uh, had a lot of, you know, that they didn't have the the main rotation in. They had right, but a- I
1: mean, it was pretty clear that it, from that 66-40, to 40, yeah. That they were like, this one's over and, we're coasting kind, of, to the finish line. and kind of, you know, tra- traded baskets, so to speak, for much, for a good part of the second half. But, I mean, you take the first five minutes out, 15 minutes, and then they came right out in the second half and took an 18-point lead to a 26-point lead, which has always been a bugaboo of them against Leicester competition of of recent years is like, when does the 20-point lead turn into the 10-point lead? Right. And they didn't. They went the opposite way. They moved it up to 26, and then it kind of went back down to, you know, 16-15. But at that point in time, you're not coming back another 15 on top of the 11 or so that you just that that team just did. So, you know, I think obviously Dave had a great first half. Landers had a really nice floor game. I thought, you know, what they got from... Uh, Odie and Kalu kind of combined. I think it was what 13 and six or 15 and six, something like that.
0: Nine and six, so 15. Yeah, no, all, right
1: all six of those rebounds were Odie's. Yeah, <laughs> but but still, I mean, if you're getting and, th- and that might be an outlier, you might not get that many points from those two guys, but if you're getting eight to 10 points, five rebounds from those two guys coupled with your perimeter guys, like. I think everybody would be more than happy if that was kind of your nightly output from those two,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, we talked about it a little bit on the nightcap last night, but look, man, you have to take your hat off to Kalu because ninety percent of kids in college basketball when they when they find themselves in a situation like him where he was recruited to come in and be a critical piece and and potentially a starter on this team. I mean, if you go back and look in the preseason, people predicting starting lineups, he was in like 75% of them. Um, oh yeah. It didn't, it didn't work out right away. And, and he struggled and he didn't fit in real well, but he never pouted, never became a problem in the locker room. Never saw that like, uh, You know, that one-game suspension for, uh, what do they used to call it, Dave? Conduct unbecoming.
1: Detrimental to the team.
0: Yeah, like conduct unbecoming (laughs) of a Bearcat or detrimental to whatever. Like, he worked hard in practice.
1: For being the shithead.
0: Yeah, like, that didn't happen with this dude. He was always the first one off the bench cheering. Like, he bought in, didn't pout. And now all of a sudden, you got a guy with, you got a big with fresh legs in mid-january like that's invaluable
1: and, and I think you know we might have t- Aaron and I might have touched on this a little bit when the night you were out um and yes you you're not gonna play guys if they're not earning it or if when they do play especially in practice they're making mistakes or, or whatnot but I think I had said like at this point I I think at that time I had said I think you should just give him some minutes and maybe he's the type of guy that You know, the motor turns on a little bit more when he knows that I'm going to get in. It might only be five minutes a game. It might be 10 minutes a game or whatever, but like. The problem
0: though, Dave, let's be honest. The problem was they tried that. Oh, I know. And when they put him in for five minutes, he would be like minus eight.
1: And it's still like it still might happen in another game like that. Sure, sure,
0: sure. But he doesn't look lost. He looked lost. Right. Early.
1: And so maybe he was just figuring some stuff out and now he's going to be in that range. But, you know, I think from, I would love to see him get some rebounds considering that was what we thought he was going to, you know, I think we both said he was our pick to lead the team in rebounding. And then, you know, you play your most minutes probably of the season and you don't get a single rebound. So you'd like to see that improve. But I just think with, with Vic's propensity to uh, foul, and his also also what i'm noticing is propensity to uh have a comment or facial expression for every foul which that will draw the ire of every official and you know that sure. they know that it's coming right like he's like an nba player that's apparently never fouled anybody before so he,
0: he does go pretty hard in the paint on the fact that he's never committed a
1: foul in his life and that it, it just it's going to it's going to bite you like you know, you pick up a couple fouls. You do that. The next time you you maybe have a, a marginal play that you know they're going to whistle you. Right. So he needs to needs to watch that out big time. But you know, Kalou, if he can just if he can give them not even necessarily what they gave him last night. Like, can you go in and can things be even while we right. give, while we give someone a break? Like, we're not asking right. you to come in and and necessarily elevate and be a microwave man and score four points and grab two rebounds in one segment but just like don't be a drain like just just keep things even and and that's you know they, they got plenty of weapons on the team from an offensive standpoint they they don't necessarily need him to do that okay <laughs> um
0: without kelly Holmes, she she thinks she can just come in and talk all the time Look, I don't think anybody's saying Kalu's gonna be like a all conference level big man or be what we expected him to be at the beginning of the season now. What we are saying is he is now showing the ability to go in and give you three minute, four-minute stretches where he doesn't kill you. Yeah. And that that's what he did at the beginning of the year. It was like it got to the point that you couldn't play him, you couldn't put him in. Because he wasn't able to produce anything on offense. He wasn't rebounding and he was getting torched on defense.
1: Well, and these next two games will, will tell us a lot because they can absolutely use him and, frankly, probably need him. Yeah. In these next two games against Memphis and Houston. And well, and so- it, it
0: changes the dynamic too because now you're not forced to have your only two bigs essentially be Odie and Vic with. Odie playing the four and then being Vic Vic's backup at the five at the same time. Now you can kind of mix and match that a little bit. Yeah, you can get Odie some run at the five, but you can you can get Kalu in there for six, eight, ten minutes.
1: Yeah, it's really just spells here and there. And if a guy gets in foul trouble, you you he can help you out by just not being a you know a minus.
0: Right. Like, like even is like you said, even is all you really need from it when he gets in there. Yep. Like if you can if he checks in and it's 2120 and he checks out and it's 2727, 27, that's a win. That's absolutely a win. Um what else what else jumped out at you from this from this one, Dave? Uh, I mean I think it's nice to see DeJulius Julius get back on track with his shooting that was for sure slumping for sure for sure
1: um i guess a couple one thing i was there was a positive and one thing i'm not going to say negative but just kind of was a little perplexing to me was dan skillings obviously keeps progressing i love i just love his attack mentality like I, sometimes i don't even care like he he tried to do the dream shake at one point last night he and did And didn't even come close to hitting the rim from, like, two feet. And I don't even care. Like, he is ultra aggressive. He's trying to get to the rim every time. And I love it. Because, like, I think that's, as a young player, how you build confidence. I think you lose confidence when you float and when you try to be a jump shooter. And if you're a young guy and and you just tell yourself, like, when I get the ball when I see a lane, I'm taking it. And I think that's what he's doing. And so – the more minutes he gets, the more he becomes part of the other team's scouting report, and that idea that that is what he's going to try to do becomes more prevalent with the opponent. And that's when you see him stick the corner three because they're playing off of him so much because yeah. they know all he wants to do is go to the basket. So, if he can, you know, refine that element of his game and continue to just attack, 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 whether it's offensively, whether it's on the glass, like. He's going to keep earning Minutes because his, his athletic ability is and traits are probably the highest on the team. So, you know, he's going to match up the best when they play a Houston, when they play a Memphis. Um, so that that's one thing. And then I just – in the second half, I was kind of – it's a little odd. I, I don't know why. Maybe you can answer it just to why Josh didn't get more minutes last
0: night. I don't – it was probably just a uh... – Lineup thing where you probably wanted to and it just never presented right. itself. Mean, where you got, I just it in. figured
1: in the especially in the second half, he's With in that, that kind of, kind lead, of yeah. he's in that kind of second team rotation, so to speak, and I, and I don't think he played much at all. So I don't know if
0: I'm sure some of that is just you know Landers and Dave were on the floor most of the minutes, and then you know Dan is out there. Um, I think it was probably. I, I would assume it was probably just a rotational. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you get lost in the game at some points where like you wanna, you, your intention is to do something, and then you do something else. Well, they, and... they had that.
1: Well, it felt like they had that one spell middle of the second half where it kind of just kept going back and forth. Not a lot of stoppages. Then you get a stop. So then you get the full timeout, and then you just don't even think about like subbing because right. the guys that were out there got the break that. That they needed, um, and then when it got a little, cl- it got a little loose for a bit. He obviously wasn't going to go. In- loose. <laughs> he obviously wasn't going to go in when it was, uh, when it was a little bit of a uh, you know street ball type situation. So Wes was going to put the starters back in, calm yeah. some things down. But, um, but no, I mean it's it's super encouraging just because it's another road win in a place that it hasn't mattered who's on the team for either team. It's It's never pretty. They never make shots. USF always drags them into the mud, you know, so to just not have that type of game was very, (laughs) just enjoyable to watch as a fan. And then the performance was, was obviously, um, you know, taking care of the ball. They really seemed, and well, again, we'll see next two games. They did a good job against Houston the first go around. I'm sure the uh, Cougars are well aware of it. We'll see how they do on the glass. Okay, did, did you did you win something? Yeah. What'd you win?
0: The staring contest. Oh. <laughs> she turned away.
1: She had, lost. had enough. You lost. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh. super fan. The cat wasn't mad. We were we were engaged in competition.
1: She's probably also mad. She's not, a, not necessarily a friendly one.
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, you know, Houston is going to be like, hey, these guys kind of kicked your ass on the boards last game, comparative, com- you know, comparatively yeah. speaking. So they've been. Oh, they're not the-
0: they're not sneaking up on Houston. Right. Let's. Well, the they've been
1: better on the glass <laughs> lately, but let's see it against Memphis and Houston, and. You know, this is such a like I'm not saying it as like a make the tournament type stretch, but these next seven games are pretty big because you've got a lot of winnable games and your in your road games, Houston notwithstanding, like not the hardest places to play. So, you know, can you beat Memphis at home? What happens against Houston, and you're back for two very winnable home games with Tulsa and UCF.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, UCF's pretty good.
1: They are you should but, win um, at home,
0: but UCF's pretty good.
1: No, they they're pretty good, but you know, it's a home game. Like that yeah. you should be able to you play well, you're gonna win. Right. You know, and then at Tulane, South Florida, and then at ECU. Like these are seven games right now that you know, you hope to keep building the momentum on you go you say you go five and two in that stretch, you know, 19 and eight, that's not, you know, you kind of set yourself up to make a little run at the end of the year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you're pretty much at the end of the year at that point, right? Like what's their three games you got after four, that? Four
1: games after that four. in the conference tournament. So, I mean, yeah,
0: it's no, I mean, Getting UCF at home is something you need to do. Getting Memphis at home is something you need to do. And Memphis right now is not – they were playing much better ball at the beginning of the year than they're playing right now. And I saw somebody say they're down starters tonight. But they're only up – they're up five now in Wichita with like two minutes left in the half. And Wichita has been up most of the half. Um,
1: Where is that game at?
0: It's at Memphis. And as we saw, Wichita not very good. No, not very good. Wichita just hit a three, Memphis up two in the late in the first half. Um, overall, though, Dave, I think like you know, we're at that point now. They were 14 and six last year. Um, they had won a couple games in the conference, and people were were feeling cautiously optimistic. And then they played Memphis in that game where Memphis jumped to Julius. If you remember, Mm -hmm. they blitzed everything he did. And from there, it just set the tone and the offense just was in shambles. If you watched USF last night, USF tried to do that to Dave. Right. They were blitzing ball screens. And what a blitz on a ball screen is, is it means the guy defending the big and the guy defending the guard just jump the ball handler the guy coming off the screen so you push him back i thought dave got in trouble with that the past couple of prior games because he was trying to to play downhill through it right and that's you're just playing into a crowd you're 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 not playing into a strength you're playing into a weakness and last night man he he was pretty smooth he he backed it up a little bit made the right pass they did a great job. This is the best I remember. The bigs rolling to the rim. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many how many pick and rolls did you see last night where the big man got the ball at the rim like on the roll? Like that's that's almost non-existent. Well, it, see, it like seemed
1: like, like yeah, USF didn't, USF didn't seem to be ready for cuz they had several dunks off of it. Right.
0: Um so I just I you know I'm I'm seeing a team that is as they grow, this offense is learning different ways to beat you. Like it does it help when they shoot the shit out of it? Sure. But they're not a one trick pony in that regard where if they have a bad night, they just can't play offense.
1: Right, because like they're we know that they're not just gonna shoot like that all the time. It's the nature of this is as
0: good of – I mean, ups and downs are going to happen. You're going to have hot nights. You're going to have cold nights. But I feel as good about this team consistently spreading it around and shooting the three between Dave, between Landers, between Micah, JD when he's got it going.
1: Well, that's it, the good it, part about having multiple options.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, don't you feel a lot more confident? Like, when you see it there, – there have been many years, Dave – where when you see a three go up, it's you're looking at the rebound. All right, who's in position? Oh yeah, for sure. And now you're seeing stretches, man. When that ball goes up, it's like that's a clean look. That's good.
1: Even when they're not clean looks, some of them are going in right now.
0: Yeah, but I'm I'm more. How many times have there been Bearcat teams that they can't make the open? Oh,
1: they're ones? W- wide open. Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: This team, I feel pretty good on the open ones. That's how you end up shooting a much higher percentage.
1: What do we? Uh... I
0: also wanted to, look. USF had two guys that were playing as well as anybody in the conference. Their center, who I, I'm not going to mess with his name, and Tyler Harris, both came into this game hot, and both of them struggled big time. What what they combined for 16, and they had they had been you know, combined over 30 regularly. So not only was it a a great offensive night, but I thought defensively they were, it was really good scouting report defense taking away the inside-outside threat of those two.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got Micah's taken 74, Dave's taken 99, and Landers has taken 115 threes, and they're all shooting 38 and a half percent or higher. It's like, when's the last time we've had three guys take that, taking that many that have shot that way. that high of a percentage? Yeah.
0: JD's back over 30, isn't he?
1: Uh, 30.5.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, it felt like he was down at like 22 for a while. He's also
1: taken 128, which is 13 <laughs> more than anybody else.
0: <laughs> you think that's what makes people mad? they've got three guys above 38% and the guy at 30 is the one that's, that's firing at
1: will. He's taken 29 more threes than Dave and made one more. That's he's, he's taken uh, 13 more threes than Landers and made 12 less.
0: So so basically all (laughs) the extra, he's one for 13 on the extra shots that he's taken over Landers. (laughs) I don't know. I, I just, there are a lot more like if this is what the West Miller era is going to look like. If this is our, like our, our first starting to get a real glimpse of it, because last year was just, we had to feel it, you know, got to feel the team. Right. And you didn't really get the a full off season to work with them. And like, now you're starting to see the fruits of that labor gives you a reason to get pretty excited about the long term of Bearcat basketball but like you said these next seven are important you can't go three and four
1: I mean I don't even think you can go four and three like I think five and two is kind of the bare minimum
0: I mean you can go four and three and it's not going to be received all that well but it's not a disaster
1: no I'm not saying that it's a disaster but if you just look at like who you're playing and where you're playing them if you go yeah. if you go four and three, that means that you are losing to Houston and you're losing one up, probably uh, you know, at Tulane, and then you're losing a home game to either Memphis or UCF, and then you're winning all the rest. Right. I don't think
0: it, you know you're doing what you're so you're doing the bare minimum of quote unquote what you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, I mean you're you're breaking even in a situation where you have, you know, four home games to three road games.
0: Right. What was your take on Vic bouncing the ball off old boy?
1: I didn't I didn't really see it. I kind of I saw him go to the ground, and I don't know if I looked somewhere else or what. Um, but I I then I kind of saw him arguing i was like well he got thrown to the ground why are they talking and maybe i didn't i didn't really see the whole sequence clearly enough and it felt like they didn't really show re- very many replays if any so but no so
0: basically the guy they, there was a tie up and the guy got his arm under vic's leg and like lifted his leg up and dumped him yeah um And then Vic bounced the ball off of him. Well,
1: it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. He's got a reaction to everything that he feels is, you know, an affront to him. Yeah. And you just – you can't be that guy. Like, you can't be the guy that every foul you get called for, you throw your palms up and or you make a face or you say something to the ref or you – turn around real quick, you know, showing your frustration. And you can't, you know, you can't, no matter what you thought happened, like you can't just chuck the ball at somebody.
0: It's going to be a technical on you every time.
1: He really just, he's got a reaction to everything. And he's going, it's going, you know, he's going to build a reputation as a guy that you can goad and a guy that you can get under their skin and a guy that will commit that foul you know commit that foul when he's going for a rebound and he thinks he got fouled while he's going for the rebound and the other guy has it so he's gonna go and try to steal it from him eighty feet from the basket and then they're gonna call foul. Right. Like, he's just he's that guy right now and he's gotta get out of those habits. He's too important. He's too good of a player. Like you can't be picking up cheap fouls and and building a reputation as someone that has a reaction and a response to everything.
0: Um anything else you got from this one?
1: Um, you know, pour one out for the Yingling Center.
0: Thank cross, God cross another one to... off cross another one <laughs> off the list. The farewell tour continues.
1: You know, of places that we're glad to never have to go back to. Really, really rocking collegial atmosphere there last night.
0: Right. Right. Uh, (laughs) Gripkeeper says, Dave, are you jealous? Pickle might have a thing for my voice. Pickle can't hear me. (laughs) No, she cannot. (laughs) Dave Dave has earplugs in, earphones in. So she, she cannot hear anything that I say.
1: What do you think? Yeah. Not step on the computer. <laughs> but no, I mean, we're getting into that. We're getting into that stretch where you kind of, yeah, you, know, you see what kind of team you have, the dog days of the season, the the monotony of the, you know, Wednesday or Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. Now they do get that. that uh, I get a week off week between off, Memphis and Houston. Which I, you know. I'm not depending on. I mean, depending on how they play with them against Memphis, i They come out and play well and win that game. I'm. I don't think that's a good thing to have a week off.
0: I don't either because you're playing your best ball of the season and you want to you're ride in that your rhythm
1: into the yeah. best op- your best opponent. Like right. Like what? What happens more times than not? You're playing good ball. You have this break. You go on the road against a good team and you come out flat and you're down. You know, twelve to four at the. 15 minute timeout and you're just really never in the game
0: yeah you're you're always clawing from behind no i i'm with you on that i i would much rather keep this thing cruising but i'm sure if you ask them the guys are probably ready for for a little bit of a break
1: Sure. Some, but, you know, again, though, sometimes basketball is such a rhythm thing, though. If, I mean, if it, like I'm sure Dave is like, I'm out of this slump. I don't want to break like I want to keep going. Right. Right. You know, football um, is much more of the like, let's get some rest. Let's get off our feet type thing. Basketball yeah. is such a, you know, you come out, you play really good against Memphis. I bet those dudes are going to be wishing that they had a game Wednesday or Thursday.
0: Maybe, maybe we'll go scrimmage him. We'll give him a scrimmage oh, game.
1: I, I, I would be of, of no use in that situation.
0: Darren says, It feels like Wes needs this Memphis game for a proof-of-concept type win. Do you agree?
1: Not n- not necessarily proof-of-concept. I mean, I understand what he's saying. Like, I think the proof-of-concept is there. I think he, they, they need the win to build on like not doing the two steps forward, one step back thing that you, that almost happened at, a, at SMU. Yeah. Like if you're improving, like we talked about, whether it's defensively, whether it's rebounding, whether it's offensive flow, like go do it against a team that has athletes that may, you know, maybe they're, I have no idea. Are they overachieving, underachieving, strictly achieving, Compar- compar- comparatively to preseason expectations I don't know but Memphis has guys they have athletes I mean, what the one dude's like 32
0: um yeah Williams yeah, yeah. he's he, I think he played with penny
1: <laughs> so
0: same recruiting class like,
1: go go do what you just did at South Florida at home in a in a big game that everybody's excited for that you know you need to to win. Like, you're putting yourself in a position to be the second-best team in the league. The second-best team in the league wins this game at home. Yeah.
0: Because that's how you end up second in the league. Exactly. You, you beat the teams that are also competing for second in the league, especially on your home floor. I
1: mean, until the bottom fell out last year, that's what the whole season was. It was beating all the shitty teams at home and losing to everybody else. Yeah. So, like, if if... You know, we talked preseason. Houston, then then who? Maybe Memphis, maybe UC, maybe Tulane, maybe UCF. Like, okay, put your foot down and go be that, not maybe UC, definitely UC. Right. Like, yes, Houston's awesome. They're the number one whatever team in the country, but, like, we're right there. Not necessarily right there with them, but, like, we're the next best team. Go beat them. If you – if you don't do that at home, I don't know, like, I can still say nice things, but, like, I would be disappointed because it would tell me, like, you're not quite ready to capitalize and build off of the momentum that that we think you've kind of taken that next step towards since the Temple game. Like, because the Houston game notwithstanding, they've they've been good.
0: SMU they weren't good, but they were good enough. Good enough. And that's I mean,
1: we see know, plenty of teams go on the road and lose regardless of right the competition in league play. Like I don't take you know, outside of the old days, like the conference USA Huggins days, you don't really just take road games for granted. Like, yes, there were some times with Mick that we knew what was gonna happen, but even so there were times with Mick when they would go to ECU at noon on a Sunday and I'm getting off a plane from Las Vegas, checking my phone, hungover as hell, seeing that they lost. <laughs> so, Darren, <laughs> I don't
0: like. We're not saying you're making a bad point. Uh, you think Wes is a fantastic coach? If we have him. Just getting a semi-big win at home a goal, That's all. I, like, I don't disagree with
1: that. It would. Um, I don't. I just don't think it proves anything one way or the other. I mean, I think we know what what Wes is. You know, ideas and style and all of that is. I'm ready to now, like, we're not we're past the proving stage of like, does the way that he wants to run the program work or not? We're to the stage of like, go get a win that you need to get if you think you're the second best team in the league.
0: Right. Right. Um, I don't have a whole lot else on basketball. I, the only other thing I would ask is. What does it say to you, like, from what we've seen this year? It seems like they've been able to answer each issue as it came up, right? The beginning of the year was without Newman. The defense was poor. Guys were getting too many easy shots. There were too many straight lines to the basket. They didn't have any rim protection. Now I think they they lead the league in block shots. I think they? I saw that. Do they really? I think they do. They're first or second in the league in block shots.
1: Well, For I mean, get, that, getting eight and one game by one guy will certainly help.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you're still you've got enough games in this season that like they're blocking a good number of shots. Now it's not they don't have the the type of rim protection that maybe we're used to, where there's just a stalwart back there that if you bring it in, you're going to get it rejected, but they're, they're finding ways to block shots. They're finding ways they've gotten significantly better on defense. They were terrible on the glass for a stretch. They've gotten significantly better on the glass to where, you know, the bad games now are games where it's about even on the glass. And, And most of the time they're going out and winning by six, eight, 10 rebounds a game. Um yeah. You're looking at you know a guy like Landers, who was kind of strictly spot up shooting, or you got a little bit else out of him, but that's what he was. Now you're getting rebounding, you're getting offensive production, you're getting shooting, you're getting, you know, getting him into the mid-range a little bit more. Like I think Wes has done a great job so far this year answering the bell on. Okay, that's not working. We have to fix it. And when's the last time you really felt that like even I thought with mixed teams like you knew what they were good at and what they were bad at and that kind of played out throughout the season, right? Like Yeah. Th- there was there was very rarely it was like this many different things where it's like, well, they got to they better shore that up and 2 weeks later you look back and you're like, damn they played four games and they've been really good in that area three out of the four four out of the four um i think it says a lot to his system starting to take hold that now they're starting to have these answers where you know you're not wondering anymore will that will that haunt them all season and i think when you have faith in your coach that he can he can accomplish that like that's a powerful tool as you move forward
1: Right. I mean, I think too, with this group, you know, you have a lot of new parts. So different elements will take different amounts of time, you know, and that's the other thing too. Sure. With mixed teams, they were always so veteran that you knew kind of going into the season what this, what those guys did well or didn't do well. Where are a team like this, you know, different things can crop up at different points that need attention. But I mean, clearly, you know, a couple of the things that I had that frustrated me earlier in the year are, are becoming less and less and almost not, you know, prevalent at all. So, you know, they're, they're clearly taking coaching. They're clearly, you know, on a skill level that allows them to to actually improve. I mean, there's some, some guys, you can say you you know, they need to be better at this, but the reality is is that they're probably like this is kind of who they are. Yeah. So you know we'll see as the younger guys get more minutes as you know you're you're basically what two thirds of the way through the season.
0: I think they're up pretty much exactly two thirds of the way, or right 11, at eleven games yeah. left,
1: and they're four and twenty games in. So, yeah. so you can still, I mean. You have a third of a third of the regular season left. You can still make incremental improvements and and I just think it's it's winning the games at home. Like there's no team they play the rest of the year that they can't beat at home. I won't say that they sh- can't lose a game, but like they don't have any home games left that, against teams that I don't think they can beat. Yeah, really the only team
0: I don't think they can they can beat in this conference is Houston.
1: Right. So Win all your home games, you know, split or go one up, one over a split on your road games, and and then take it into the conference tournament. I mean, we should, you know, just just the the momentum is the most important thing to me. It's it's building off of, you know, you're going to have games in a stretch where things don't, and it's what Wes even talked about is like. He said he liked the wins when they don't shoot great, but they figure out a way to get the win. And I think that's that's important because you have a team that is relying on some younger guys, but is also relying on new players. And you just never know what's going to happen night in and night out. They're not an elite team. They don't really have anybody that you can necessarily maybe landers. Um but even maybe dave but i mean obviously he just went through a huge drought too so nobody's really like lacing him up and you're going yep that guy's giving me for sure this tonight right so you know
0: uh let's see football what do you, what do you got on football got anything you want to you want to chat about i know we haven't talked about The two most recent additions, one at wide receiver, one at corner, Um, you haven't spoken on those, so uh, I'll let you give your thoughts on Mr. Young and Mr. Ali.
1: Well, uh, Mr. Young from Florida, highly touted recruit coming out of college or coming out of high school, has not really contributed yet, but I mean, he's got all the you know tangi- or you know the tangibles that you like to see from the corner position six foot can run did play a good bit in their bowl game had a block kick. I uh, want to say three or four tackles. So and you know we need outside corners I assume that's where he's going to be slotted. I, I mean can't say starter or not but um, outside corner position. And then, uh, what was the gentleman's first name? Is it Donovan? Yeah. Yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah, I think so.
1: Receiver from <clears throat> excuse me, from Washington State. Uh, we're going big at receiver, that's for sure. Another 6'3 plus guy. That makes three of them in the portal. With D. Wiggins and Sterling Buck- Burkhalter. You know, put up some good numbers last year in a in a past offense. So, you
0: know, is that you that's freezing, or a, is that me? Stupid
1: thing. Sorry. That's all right.
0: What'd you do, pickle? Uh oh. We might be in trouble. Are you back? There we go. Are you there? Am I there? Yeah, I got you. You're all right. Oh, no, nope, you're not. You're choppy. Well, this is weird. But
1: you got you, you got,
0: got me? You're chop you're choppy, brother.
1: It's now everybody's hello over there <laughs>
0: yes we are here the question is
1: whether or not you hello are out here.
0: there can you hear us, us?
1: My v- my... yes oh yeah i can hear you okay yeah it's the my vpn like resets around this time like every night apparently oh but i'm only on the computer around this time when we're doing this so <laughs> um, but no, I was saying that uh you know, air raid offense will definitely be learning a much, much different offense, much, much different route tree. So we'll see how that sure. how that goes. But you know, they're not done in the portal. They may be done like adding guys right this moment. Um we'll see. I mean, there was another receiver that was crystal balled to them uh from UTEP who had a very, very big season for the Miners. Uh, crystal balled by the guy who kind of manages all the portal stuff for 247. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. It wasn't like a specific person tied to a team. So we'll see if, if that comes to fruition.
0: I know UC's fr- heavily involved. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see out. if
1: that comes to fruition. Um you know the timing of class and all that they might be done adding guys now but you know they still some the, got
0: 8 8 to 10 plus spots
1: some of these guys too like to th- you got to think about it yes we talked about getting in for the semester but some guys might not be in a position to do that <clears throat> academically and maybe they need to graduate so they're going to they're going to go into the portal or they weren't even going to transfer, make a decision at this point anyway.
0: Right.
1: Because they're not enrolling. Maybe they're graduating. They might be graduating early, but they're, you know, they're trying to graduate and, and get all that taken care of. And then, but yeah, I mean, they've got, you know, they've still got, like you said, five, I'm sure five to 10 ish. Yeah. I think, I think that they're we'll see when it comes to visits, but I, I do think that there are a few high school kids that they're tracking. Um, but again, few. Small number. Yeah, Small I would number. I would say like less than five. Right. Uh, they have um, a big big junior day. I think I counted thirty eight guys on mix uh, list that he posted earlier. So if you haven't seen that yet, check that out. Uh, and I'm sure that's not a hundred percent you know guys will not show up there might be some guys that do show up that aren't on there you know how that goes guys get peer pressured from their friends or they just show up and (laughs) with their friends and right so right yeah the, the first first stages in uh
0: First for me, this is always kind of the start of the next cycle is you get through that first signing day. Once you hit your first junior day, you at least kind of have an idea of who the local names are, the like the the regional names are, because that's usually who are at these junior days. Cincinnati, Dayton, a little bit of Columbus, but like I saw
1: a couple Michigan guys, maybe some Indiana guys, and again, a bunch of these dudes play basketball, so they might have a game. Saturday night, and they don't want to travel Sunday morning, you know, for a visit. Like, you know, a lot of times we've seen two of these. This one, I mean, I don't know if we will with this staff, but. Um,
0: Sometimes that just depends on, like, how the basketball schedule sets up.
1: Right, right. If there's not a, another good time to do it, then, then you won't. But, I mean, I guess you're not going to have one February 4th, right after you had one January 2nd, maybe February 11th, maybe senior day, March 5th is Sunday. So, I mean, I guess you could maybe see another one, but we'll see. Um, Jason asked about some local receivers. Uh, how many more high school recruits does UC get next month? I mean, a couple, maybe. It feels maybe. like they're, they're on receivers more than anything, even in the high school game, too. Um, obviously, the kid from Elder, I believe, is a preferred walk-on. The kid from Kings, I believe they offered. He's visiting. He's part of the Junior Day on Sunday. The kid put up absurd numbers. Have you seen his numbers?
0: Yeah, like... Like, 1700
1: yards and 29 yeah. touchdowns
0: for, for a receiver. It's a it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, big, big number for a high school receiver. Yeah.
1: But I mean, I think there's a, you know, I think there's a D end in Florida. I think there's a receiver in South Carolina, you know, just a couple guys here and there, but I would be pretty surprised if it's, you know, if you set the over under at like, two-and-a-half high school kids signed in February, I would probably take the under. Right. But maybe we'll be surprised. Um, coaches have been out. Obviously, they did the big Cincinnati Blitz. Uh, Carey has been doing his wonderful...
0: Long 97 hashtag. character
1: hashtags that take <laughs> me five minutes to figure out where the word breaks are and <laughs> everything but he's been in michigan and indy and georgia um Derek nicholson was in the baltimore area today handing out several offers uh several offers at the saint francis academy which wears brian newly signed brian sims is an alum too. So building off of that relationship that the old staff started, uh, coach step was in South Carolina today. He has a ton of context there from being a high school coach uh, there for a long time. I'm trying to think who else did I see where they were? Uh, Brian Brown was in the greater Atlanta area today. Saw some offers come out of like Marietta. I think that I yeah, so they've done their Ohio thing, they'll keep doing their Ohio thing, and then they're gonna go, like we said a while ago, they're gonna go where they know people and where the dudes are. Right. Like we can say we wanna recruit Ohio, recruit Cincinnati, and we do, but like you go where you can get guys. Right. So
0: your relationships are are what's always the key in in recruiting, and if your your relationships take you somewhere, they take you somewhere, and yeah. you follow follow those uh, those paths and see what you can get. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't have a ton. I mean, I obviously I've been so far mm. off the grid. I'm kind of leaning on you for anything you want to talk about tonight. Um. And then I'll chime in, but uh, <laughs> getting some some new video from the weight room, the yeah, new I regime saw that today. There's like, been a couple pictures up from uh, from Nico and the uh, the new crew in the weight room. Seems like the uh, the energy is still high.
1: Yeah, Would have oh, to assume. Um, can talk about. I think the number ended up being seven. That as of today, they obviously can still transfer. In the spring, but it looks like seven super seniors or COVID seniors, whatever you want to call them, to this stage of the game have decided to to stick around. That would be Ryan Montgomery, Ben Bryant, uh, Jacob Dingle, Taj Ward, uh, Am I saying D'Artagnan? Is that right?
0: Yeah.
1: D'Artagnan, Tinsley, Tinsley, Malik, and John. Yeah.
0: So that's a, a good core of you know veteran guys returning. Um,
1: well, yeah, I mean, out, outside was... of Tinsley, you have starters or major contributors. So yeah, you 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 need those guys. The
0: Taj Ward one will be interesting, right? Because that, that that has a direct impact on Sammy. If they think Taj is good enough to handle the nickel, and that you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see like what they what they want out of that spot because that spot can be handled a lot of different ways some staffs like a safety in that spot some staffs like a shifty smaller fast corner right you know it, it they've talked about they want to have 5 DBs on the field but what are those deep you know it's a lot of variation in what a DB looks like, right? Is it the five nine guy that runs a four three, or is it the the six three guy that's going to come up and take your head off?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about like in the slot. You, in the slot, you have your you have your Sammy Anderson, but then you just have what they recruited in Raekwon, um What's his last name? Lewis? Is it Lewis? Yeah. Okay. Who's you know your five nine buck fifty five type guy, so and maybe there's a place for both of those types in this defense depending on formations and alignments and and personnel groupings and stuff like that. But I mean that's the that's to me going to be like the fun part of even just the spring is seeing. You know what kind of different packages they line up in? What guys that we're used to seeing doing one thing in particular are they experimenting with doing something totally different? Um, maybe not necessarily offense defense, but like something like when Brian Brown mentioned Deshaun Pace playing free safety, right? Like, did he just say that because he thinks he's athletic and that came to mind or are we actually going to like see him line up at safety
0: or will it be some hybrid thing where he kind of looks like both right you know if they if they like to play some three four like <clears throat> Deshaun could be a linebacker that's essentially a th- also a three three five safety yes So a lot of different ways it can go And that's the fun of a new staff. Like, remember when when Freeman came in? No idea what a jack was, no idea what a sniper was, right? Like no. These were all different different ways to use things. Um to use like you know, positional versatility. Uh if you play in the senior bowl, do you lose yes. the option to come back? Yes. So if you play in the senior bowl, you have to be declared for the draft. And in the in NCAA football, unlike basketball, where you have an option to come back, once you declare, once you file the paperwork to enter the NFL draft, there's no returning to college football. It's just how the set of rules are different. I don't agree with it. I think you should have the option to uh, gather as much information as possible. But I think the, the NFL definitely does a better job, would you say, Dave, of providing that information to kids before they make the decision? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Richard.
1: Yeah, I mean, you now a lot still happens between the time you get that info and the draft sure when you're actually drafted i mean i i don't think the info alec pierce got last year was that he was going to be a second rounder
0: it wasn't far off
1: maybe not far off but like you know now we're starting we're seeing tyler scott in round two mocks again very early but yeah. still like I don't think you know he's the type of guy that personnel people and coaches and when they get into that phase of the of the offseason I think are gonna like a whole hell of a lot. And it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up going in the second round. But yeah. yeah, I mean you get a you get a ballpark and you and they do and they also tell you like what you need to work on. Sure. It's not just like, yeah, you might get drafted between, like, rounds three and an undrafted free agent. <laughs> no. And, you know, we don't tell you, um, you know, why that would be the case. So,
0: I'll let you handle this one, Dave. <clears throat> Any idea why those rules are different between basketball and football? Uh, because the NCAA has no – standard operating procedure for anything.
1: Yeah, I mean it's yeah. I mean
0: I would guess some of it probably has to do with them basketball. Like you can declare at any time after your first season. Right. Football, you have to wait three years. Like you're at that point where like you know whether you're going to the draft or coming back.
1: Right. And you know have you been productive what is your body type? Are you, do you play a position that is undervalued? Like to me, it never made sense for Ivan pace to come back to school. Like you're still going to be an undersized linebacker with, but now it's 600 more snaps on your body or however many more snaps on your body. And are you going to really play better than you played this year?
0: Yeah, I think the only like the only thing that would would change that math was if they were able to come up with a considerable nil deal.
1: I'm just looking at it strictly from the football sense of it, I,
0: but I'm, yeah. But the money is part like money is part of it.
1: Right? Sure, I mean there's guys there's guys like this is happening and it will happen more that are fringe late round draft picks.
0: That are getting a million dollars. That are going to get
1: good money and a, and to stay. That it will be more than they would make if they got drafted in, say, the 6th, 7th round.
0: Yep. Or if, God forbid, they slipped to undrafted free agent and had to, to work their way up that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was listening to a podcast today where they were talking about it, where it's like, say there's a guy in the SEC that's a fringe draft pick, and the SEC team, like, whatever they're, chart tells them is like, we're okay, this guy is worth, it's like, we'll give you $15,000 to not go pro. Like you're important to us. You help us win, but you're not like your draft stock isn't, isn't there.
0: You're a good college player, but you're not necessarily an NFL prospect. Who's
1: to keep another team from another college team from going, well, you're only worth 15,000 to them. We'll give you 25, not to go pro and transfer to our school. Right. So, you know, it's not necessarily just the name guys that are having to decide between the pros in college or, you know. I like, guess right. I was laughing when there was, like, Scuttlebug because CJ Stroud waited until the very end that, that there might be some NIL deal to keep him in college. I'm like, keep him from being the top five pick?
0: I mean, <laughs> like, that's like a what, lot of NIL, baby.
1: Like, what kind of NIL deal... And we'd already heard that Ohio State was struggling in the NIL, in the NIL game. It's well, like, they're
0: struggling in the recruiting NIL game. Mm-hmm. I think if they needed to come up with money for a C.J. Stroud, I don't think they would have a problem calling a booster or two.
1: But it wasn't going to be enough to keep him from going pro.
0: You wouldn't think. No.
1: Not, not yeah. if you're going to be a top five pick. And your
0: boy at Tennessee just got $8 million, right?
1: Yeah, because they got the—they know what they're doing. Unlike their neighbors to the south, uh, that wear jorts and crocs all the time.
0: <laughs>
1: their nil uh, situation is messy to say the least.
0: <laughs> this one's for you. Which round would Ivan go? His draft stock's not that high.
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh, day three, maybe day two. Depends on what he fifth, runs.
0: Fifth, fourth, fifth. Yeah, I mean he's not gonna. Tear the world. Set the world. I mean, there's made. gonna
1: be there's gonna be teams that he's automatically like Out. off their board. Were you surprised to see the mock that had Tyler Scott going in the second round to Atlanta and rejoining Des? No, not necessarily. You don't think that's too high for Tyler Scott? No, I, I haven't. Without digging into the draft, it really at all yet. Like I don't, sure. I don't know where receivers are and, and things like that. But it, it's not. I mean, he's gonna run fast. He's got great hands. He runs great routes. <laughs> Scouts are gonna like that part. Coaches are gonna like him. So I mean,
0: keeps I himself. See, yeah,
1: I could see a very similar projection ascension to what Pierce had in the draft process. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just curious. But like Ivan's gonna not meet. Like there are teams that have ch- have thresholds that say like a linebacker in our system has to be this tall has to be this heavy has to have this long of arms has to run this 40 has to run this three cone drill has to jump he's not going to meet those thresholds for some team so he's automatically going to be off some boards then he's going to automatically be off some boards based on the type of defense that they play so you know that's the tricky part of like trying to to typecast or figure out where defensive players are going to go. I mean, and then he's going to be
0: off some boards because he does not play on script.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of freelancing with him, but I mean, if you're if you're an attacking style defense, you probably like him. But again, I mean, if right, but I'm talking like a system defense
0: where everybody has to be in the right, like where, where everything is schemed. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I'm not. I, not gonna I, I don't know if that's fair to him. That like, they probably just let him do that, not necessarily because he can't. Not like, I'm sure he can follow script if he needed to, but he might not be as good if he has to do that. So, but Sorry, I mean, I had a 12
0: year old asking me to buy her a pair of shoes.
1: Totally going to depend on him with what his speed and agility testing is because i mean he's gonna I, it's not gonna surprise he's gonna come in his official measurement's gonna come in under six foot
0: oh 510 maybe
1: <laughs> so and he's gonna be and he's not gonna be very heavy Two, i mean he played it
0: he 230
1: yeah but you're 510 230 like are, are you is he gonna play fullback maybe
0: <laughs> we saw jeff luke do that right he's undersized
1: for that even the, right. Ravens, the Ravens fullback weighs three bills.
0: <laughs> and they use them a lot. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Anything? Give me your uh, – we'll do our Bet Fred segment here, Dave Betts. Uh, what, what does the line need to be – or what do you think the line will be on UC Memphis, which right now – Memphis is up one at home on Wichita State with eleven minutes to go.
1: What is Memphis's record? I don't even know.
0: Memphis is thirteen and five, three and two in the conference, with losses to, uh, triple or double triple overtime loss to UCF and a loss to Houston. I think. This
1: feels like a, lost somebody else. This feels like a a pick'em game, doesn't it? Like, I, I can't see Memphis being a road favorite.
0: Aaron, what's the uh, Ken Palm number on that, if you can look it up real quick?
1: The Ken the cro- Palm the cross. The Crosstown boys finally bit me last night.
0: Yeah, how about how about our boy Stubbs? I
1: know, I've been riding them for a couple weeks.
0: Well, that's what you get.
1: And they've been cashing.
0: Yeah, that's what you get.
1: You For all you... Uh, partakers out there UVA's been the hot cover team lately by the way how many in a row of their games Yeah. Three, 3 4 maybe
0: um what what's the line need to be here
1: i mean for my need to be for what
0: for you to take the Bearcats.
1: Well, I don't bet on the Bearcats. I only bet against the Bearcats when I bet <laughs> when I bet their games.
0: Why why is that?
1: Because there are inefficiencies in their spreads in some of their games that uh are very, very obvious that need to be exploited. And it's usually never when they're favorite. Okay, fair enough.
0: <laughs> Aaron, Aaron's struggling with this. this how, to, how to operate
1: Ken Palm? You have to pay twenty-two bucks to operate Ken Palm. Yeah, well, you know. Well, what are what are we're 69th in Ken Palm? Is that right? What is Memphis? Uh, they are. This, this is great radio. That. Yes, it is. I mean, I'm already. <laughs> Wasn't prepared for any of this. Memphis is thirty-seven. Wow, that seems high. As they this had a
0: really was... good start to the season, they're just not playing as well now.
1: They're sixteenth in adjusted tempo. To me, this this tells me that this is like a bet the over game.
0: Potentially. Or it's a sneaky bet the under game because UC is going to defend them better than people have defended them.
1: UC is 108th in adjusted tempo. Memphis is good defensively. We're 57th in their uh, 32nd.
0: That's one thing Penny's teams have done is is defend.
1: So you play good defense, but you play with tempo. That usually doesn't – those two things don't usually coincide yeah, with you.
0: They're not usually good friends. <laughs> but a lot of that also is because Memphis – Plays fast by taking a lot of bad shots. Yeah. Right. Like they, they don't play fast because they're getting dunks and layups. It's, it's like taking
1: Virginia's 23rd in defense and 361st in adjusted tempo.
0: <laughs> right. Right. All right. Well, I, don't I think
1: have... it'll be a wonder. I mean, I don't know. Do I sound ridiculous to say UC could be like a one and a half point favorite?
0: Not necessarily, because I think if you look at the trends, UC's playing better than Memphis is right now. Like, Memphis has had the better season. But in terms of how they've both looked, like, in conference play, I think UC looks a little better. I think they're at home. Like, obviously, at home, you get get three. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's one, one and a half, you know, plus or minus one and a half for Cincinnati.
1: Yeah.
0: How much how much is the crowd do you think gonna be affected by the Bengals?
1: I mean it, it will it's a be a one o'clock tip. It will be, but I, I mean you know, I don't think it's not like it's gonna be half full because no. of it. But I mean like if you know I'm nothing if not honest. Like there's no shot in hell I'd be going to the game.
0: <laughs> you could you could get back home by middle of the first quarter.
1: Yeah, but
0: <laughs> but you're not doing that.
1: No, I mean I'm I i do not know how much of the game I'm going to see. Regardless, I mean I'm doing this, working this event out in in Arizona. So yeah, we should well, it be. It's only two hour difference. Two hour yeah.
0: difference, so 11 a.m. there.
1: Well, the basketball game, I won't see any of. That's like when the event is going on. Uh, starts at uh, Starts at eleven. So, so you
0: probably have to just catch it on ESPN Plus Sunday night after the oh, Bengals yeah. game. Oh
1: mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. My I, I fly out Monday Monday morning at like twelve forty five in the morning. Oh,
0: you can just watch it on the flight home. Yeah. So, I'm sure nobody will get pissed at your glowing screen yeah. in a dark red eye flight. <laughs> I do a podcast. I'm sorry.
1: Well, hey, if, if, the, if the Bengals win, they they probably won't like me because I'll be drinking
0: <laughs> heavily. Still, still heavily. Uh, what, what do you think about? We got a couple minutes left here before. Big night on Rocket Truth tonight for all you guys that are hanging around. Uh, Rocket Truth with Cincinnati Associate Head Coach Chad Dollar coming there up on go. the show. There we go. Right after this. So in about 15 minutes. So uh, before we get out of here, I'll get your thoughts on Bengals-Bills.
1: Um, They're going to win.
0: Think so? Yeah. The line has been going up,
1: I, right? I know. And I don't bet on the Bengals either. I'm, I'm – I'm stitious in that regard, but like, but you, you just, want to? You want to just keep giving like five and a half? Okay, like all right, we'll see. But you're know. not a
0: you're not a you're not a Bills
1: believer, huh? I think the Bills are really good. I just I. Josh Allen will give you the football. Now, will you take it? And what will you do with it? Are, are up to you and is, is a huge part of it. But like, he's had two or more interceptions in six games this year. He's had a turnover, at least one turnover in 60% of their games. He's not good throwing the ball, especially in the red zone. Like, Stefan Diggs is their main receiver, and I don't love the rest of their receivers. Obviously, you're going on the road. Not going to be easy. They went on the road all last year. It wasn't easy, but this team, this quarterback, I have maybe, you know, I can't even say it's like blind faith. They went to the freaking Super Bowl last year. Like, I don't know why anybody would think that they're not going to win. I think as the week goes on, it's very. This is not. This has nothing to do with the game, but I do find it just so damn funny that when the NFL came up with this goofy ass playoff system, nobody said shit about the divisional rounds. And now it's just media member after media member being like, yeah, the Bengals kind of got screwed here. And we're all like, yeah, no kidding, assholes. We've been saying it for three weeks. It's like, yeah, you guys just you guys just figured that out. But they don't care. Burrow doesn't care. Like, I'm just not like I don't know. You're gonna you're gonna not you're going to you are going to bet against Joe Burrow? I don't I don't bet. So well I'm but not I mean just in anything. like a hypo- in a hypothetical uh way of saying it, like I'm I'm I'm, not, I'm terrible I'm not, at gambling, so should I
0: should I place my first legal bet on the Bills?
1: No, you should put it on Jags plus whatever the however high the number gets.
0: Because you think they're going to beat the Chiefs? No,
1: the Chiefs don't blow anybody out anymore, especially when yeah. the number's big.
0: Yeah. You don't think they might might have a little magic, a little Trevor Lawrence magic? Oh, I mean Bengals, if that's, if that's Bengals, the, Jags at Paul Brown Stadium for the if AFC if, Championship. If that's
1: the case, then definitely bet on the Jags. I mean, you're 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 missing. Even if you don't want to bet, you're missing out on by not just signing up for whether it's Betfred or any of these other places. If you're not just signing up and taking the automatic win bets, and then withdrawing that money, then you're just wait. You're just losing on purpose.
0: <laughs>
1: like just sign up because you'll get some goofy ass bet, like a uh, one plus passing yard in Bengals Bills. You know, max bet fifty bucks plus one hundred. So it's just an automatic fifty dollar win.
0: That's how they get you. Well,
1: that's how, that's they, how they yeah. Get they you. think they get you the they they give you all these fun things, and then <laughs> and and then, then, then they, they tie mean. real bets to them.
0: And then you're a legitimate g- person with a gambling problem. Where you have to <laughs>
1: where you have to you know bet you have to bet the money. You have to bet the free money within the first month. Right. Or it goes away after a month, but it's free money. So even if you lose those bets, you didn't like it's not like you're out 100 bucks or whatever. Right. But no, I mean they got so many fun things to like I'm I play I play almost something nightly because it's either a uh an odds boost, a profit boost. Um you know for little for little stuff just to have some some action. Um uh, but yeah, bet whoever Louisville's playing.
0: There you go, there's the link. Copy that, put it in your browser.
1: No, it's only good uh, if you bet haven't Fred signed account. up yet.
0: Right, if you haven't
1: if to you get have, your, yet, your good, bet thread oh, free bonuses. Stuff. But yeah, I mean, Jacksonville in the points. Uh, what four out of the five overs hit in the in the wild card round, and the one that didn't hit was off by half a point because Texas Dallas's kicker stinks. They call way less penalties in the playoffs. You know, if you like to dabble, take the overs in some of these games uh giants plus the number i don't love the anymore i don't love the teams coming off the buy
0: it's not i mean <coughs> they still usually end up winning but it's always kind of messy at first right like
1: well the, the titans didn't last year
0: yeah but the Bengals were better than the titans
1: right the titans were i wouldn't say a fraudulent number one seed, but... They
0: were just, like, the AFC South, like, they took advantage of a bad division. I just,
1: I don't think the... I don't know, I mean, yes, you get, quote-unquote, like, a week of rest, and yes, all your guys should theoretically be as healthy as you can be in the middle of January. But, you know, I do think, I do wonder sometimes is if it was... uh, you know if you don't like having that week off, if it just messes with momentum, like the Jaguars, they're going to come into KC after being down 27, seven winning that game high as a kite and nothing, (laughs) nothing to lose hair on fire. And like, and the chiefs are going to come. I mean, the chiefs are much, much better than them, but like they're going to have to like get themselves revved up again, where Jacksonville is just taking this whole last week. And it's just, like throwing wood into the fire of like, Hey, look, nobody thought we could do it. Right. You know, we're going to do it again type of of thing. And you know, I big, the chiefs are bad against big numbers as well. So they seem to get up big and then let teams back into games and make it a lot closer than it should be.
0: Yep. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. Let's put a fork in it. Let's get it over. To our boys at the Rocket Truth. They will be on this channel starting at nine o'clock with UC Associate Head Coach Chad Dollar. Thanks to the best producer in the state. How about that, Aaron? I like that. It's a workaround. I don't, I don't proclaim any of that for the record. You don't have to proclaim any of that. Fair enough. It's my network. I can proclaim whatever the hell I want. To the boss. The best producer in the state. The best producer in the American Athletic Conference, Aaron Smith. <laughs> it's because nobody else in American has so shows.
1: Like the fattest, the skinniest kid at Fat Camp.
0: Yes, Aaron is the skinniest kid at Fat Camp. All right. Thanks to Dave Simone. Thanks to our friends at the Holy Grail. Make sure you get down and support them this weekend, big Sunday, down at the banks.
1: Thanks, Baker. And, uh... <laughs>
0: We'll see you next time. It is the BCJ podcast right here on BearCutJournal.com.